And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, Merry Christmas to everyone. I hope you had a fantastic Christmas, and I hope that your New Year's is going to be even better, and it will be if you watch on New Year's Eve, the Ryzen versus Bellator. It will make your New Year's fantastic. My man, Josh Thompson, I know you will be watching. What's up, baby? Did you have a good Christmas? I did, man. I did. You know, family, friends, all those things, you know, just, just kind of kept it low-key at the house, though, you know. <laughs> You know, just low key. <laughs> anyway, just give it low key. Um, it was good. Just, you know, honestly, like we just got together with, uh, people and then just, uh, made a people. bunch of puzzles. Hold it. I got you, video. You, you got together with people. Yeah. We got together with some people. That's very nice. And then just, uh, made a, I did a bunch of puzzles, man. My whole, my whole big dining room table with the leafs in and everything you like that are all puzzles. Hold I've on. got you puzzles did all puzzles? over. Yeah. I got to get the brain to work every once Jesus, in a while. And you want to talk about me being old. I know man, it was old great. people do puzzles, dude. Hey, when you get the little ones into puzzles, man, they just they never want to stop. They keep going, like nieces, <laughs> nephews, kids, all that. It was a great time, man. They once they started with one, it was a snowball effect. So got another one, got another one. But once it's so funny, we got them to do all the ones that were like eighty pieces, two hundred pieces, two fifty. Once you pulled out the seven hundred, they lost yeah, interest. It's all gone. They were like, nah, too much this, work. They, no, they just started looking. They're like the the pieces are so small. Yeah, they can't figure they, it out. They can't. They were just like, forget this. And just, no, just I think it was just the the idea of you have to flip them all over first, you know, to see, and then you start Even pulling that, out all the ones. Too many the, pieces. The, yeah, they're just like this is too much. That, that's what that's what I'm saying. It was too many pieces. They started flipping them over, and they're like, this is taking too long. And then trying to find the side, you know, the the frame. You find the flat edges so you can build the frame first. They were like, they were they lost interest right away. So I just packaged it all up. I brought out all the other puzzles that we had that were like probably, I don't know. Back to the 80 piece ones. Back to the 250 <laughs> to two. They were cool with the 250 and the, the 300. I got into the five and they were like, eh, they started losing interest. But overall, good stuff. Podcast Dave, you're in New York right now, buddy. Oh, I'm stuck in New York. You're stuck, stuck in New stuck. York. Thank you very Good much. Good old flights, right? All the flights coming in. Just <laughs> none, of, none of them are going out. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's, it's a rough life right now. I mean, I heard there were some people that, that passed away in their car. They had pulled over to sleep at oh, a road yeah. stop, and their cars had froze, and they had, oh, it's so sad, man. So sad, John. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, uh, Whoa. All right, well, that's I'm right. Gonna, Once again. <laughs> Once again, Big John. Once again, oh, um, man. But <laughs> like we, we, let's talk about you know we've had too many people passing away lately. You know, and I always say I, I hate to say it. it. It's like it's that thing that comes in threes. And you know, Anthony Rumble Johnson passed, and then a friend of mine that you knew, yep. Eric passed, and then all of a sudden we find out on December twenty second that uh, Stephen Bonner passed. Yeah. And you look and you go, man, 45 years of age, absolutely way too young. Stefan was a, you talk about, he, he was a good guy. He was a funny guy and he, he was different than people realize though. But in the end, it seemed like he had some problems that, you know, he was trying to get through. It's not an easy thing to get through when you're, you're hurting. He had, he got a lot of injuries from the, you know, from MMA, from professional wrestling. And, uh, you saw the tape of what happened with, uh, his, his, I don't want to say altercation, but basically, you know, argument at the hospital because he was trying to get help. 
you know, and people yeah. are saying, no, you know, we're not going to be giving you anything and stuff. And it's, it's rough. And to find out that he passed, I don't know the, all the, uh, all of the uh, details of it. And honestly, you know, it's just, you just look at it and it's sad. You know, I, I sat cage side for that fight with Forrest and him. Um, we were all there because uh, it was basically the same night that Koscik was fighting, Swick was fighting, yeah. you know, a lot of the guys that were there, <clears throat> uh, Bobby Southworth. Um, I sat, I sat there cage side and, uh, I had never really met him. I had just seen him in passing through some UFC, um, stuff that I had done and, or I'd been part of with, uh, with the guys with Koshek and with Fitch and Swick and Bobby and everybody else, you know, and he was, uh, he was a desired taste. He was, he was, uh, someone that if you hadn't hung around before, he was a smart ass, he was, <laughs> he was yeah. funny. But yeah. he was just—it was a different type of smartass. Yeah. Like with me, right? I'm—I'm. I'm, You're I'm, smartass. I'm smartass, but I'm very kind of—I'm kind of direct about it. Him, he's like—you don't know if he's kidding or not because you don't know if that's really <laughs> his personality. If like yeah. he is someone that's just being funny, because it's sometimes so over the top that you're like. Are you serious? Are you not? Are you like, you, is this the way you normally are? Because if you don't know him, which I didn't know him back then, yeah. and I had hung out with him quite a bit later on, um, you know, uh, Phil Baroni living with me for a long time, and him and Phil were friends, and and, uh, and anytime we were out in Vegas, sometimes, you know, we'd be we'd all be out, and we'd see him and hang out with him. Um, I didn't have a great relationship with him. I didn't know him very well. I knew that, you know, he, like I said, he, he was just very very uh outgoing he, he said was on his mind very upfront uh, very upfront and yeah. but just and but like in a very i don't want to say spontaneous but more of like a flamboyant kind of way not in a not not being uh not not like like not being gay or anything like that but he had just a very <laughs> i mean honest it was very flamboyant in terms of like he was very open like it was like it it came out very I don't know how to say it, John. I'm lost for words in this, but it was he just the way he smiled, the way he he had that, like you said, like almost like not you said, but what with American Psycho kind of way. Yeah. He had that kind of the big eyes, the you know, Rich Chow posted a, a video, a picture of him, and um, it was a picture of him and Rich in the same picture. And Rich is very you know stoic, kind of just kind of keeps his face kind of always even kill, and. Stephen Bonner's eyes are bulging and he's like yelling at somebody or talking to somebody, but that's the way that he talked. That was the way he yeah. was. And he wasn't, but he was funny, man. No, he but when he fun. got, ex when he got excited about stuff, it was, he, his eyes did, you know, real yeah. big and he, you know, cause he was trying to emphasize everything. Yeah. And it was, you know, I started off, you know, in knowing him based upon Carlson Gracie. That's when I first knew him. I knew him just before the ultimate fighter and Carlson Gracie, you know, was uh, his instructor for a while, and then Carlson passed. And uh, but he um, he talked about Stefan, and then you know Stefan got on the show, and and he was that guy. He was a wise ass on the show to a point. You know, was, you can go back and you can watch certain things about, you know, like Diego Sanchez is is taking and just using the tips of the asparagus. Yeah, and he has, he's got a whole smart ass thing to go with it. Like you know, you don't do that. You know, and he goes through. And Diego's like, I'll do what the fuck I want. And he goes, no, you know, you, you don't do that. You don't just eat the tips, you know. Yeah. And that was really his his personality. I remember the last time the last time I saw him, it was at a gas station. I pulled in for gas, and all of a sudden, and I got some guy saying, you know, hey, big John, right? And turn around, and it was Stefan, and we stopped and talked. We talked for you know thirty minutes and stuff. 
and uh, talked about how things were going. And he said, you know, he was making adjustments in, you know, his life and everything. And I thought, you know, those adjustments were going to get him uh, where he needed to go. But just sad. Just sad because 45 years of age, Josh. Think about this. That's you. Okay? Yeah. That's fucking way too soon. Yeah. I mean, there's... I lost a friend. You said things come in threes, but this is the fourth person I've known in the last probably two months, two and a half months that I've known that have passed, you know, from my really good friend, Joho, and then, uh, you know, Rumble, uh, Eric, the trainer, and now Stefan. And um, that's four people all within the last two, two and a half months. And it's it it makes you really it should make everybody understand how invaluable your life is, how much time. Is something that we just we don't have a lot of. You yeah. know, when you think of when you really sit down and you think about it, a hundred years if you live to be a hundred, and those last those last 10, 15 years are not the always the greatest. My grandmother's ninety five right now, and she's not. It's not a life that I think I want to live. You know, she's got she's having dementia. She's having some, you know, but her physically her body is holding up. I mean, outside of her eyes and her ears, but I'm saying like you know she's physically can walk from here to here. But she just can't see. She's blind now. She's losing her hearing. Her hearing. There's things that, like you don't realize. We say a hundred years. You say fifty years. You say all these things. But the reality of it all is, John, it really is only about seventy if you're lucky and blessed. A good oh, yeah. seventy, seventy-five could be up to eighty. But then you're really just on borrowed time. I mean, yeah. it really is borrowed time. So forty-five is way too young. You know, um, I look at myself as having a midlife crisis right now. <laughs> Uh, you know, and so I'm hoping that I live to be, you know, 85, 90, that'd be, okay. that'd be a blessing, but it really is. It really is sad to hear that he's gone. Did you know if he had kids? I don't believe he had any kids. Okay. I'm not positive about that though. Okay. Um, you know, the one thing that we got to talk about is that fight that he had that you, you said you were ringside for. I was obviously there for it. You know, the, you know, people talk about that fight all the time. I'm just going to be blunt, honest about it. It was a great fight, but it was a great fight in the fashion that Glover Teixeira versus, you know, Yuri Prochaska was a great fight. And they both said, I made so many mistakes. Well, so did Stefan and, and yeah. Forrest in that fight. But that's what made it great because they were making mistakes, which was leaving openings for the other guy. And they both went for it in such a this is everything to me fashion. I need this. I've got to have this. This, you know, th that whole thing, you know, coming into it, it was like you look and you go, it it did make it a fantastically fun fight. Obviously, if you look at it compared to the other ones, you know, you can say hey, technically this is a way better fight. But man, that fight did change the UFC. There's no doubt about it. Obviously, it was the season and people kind of, you know, getting a grasp on some of the fighters' personalities, guys like Chris Lieben, Mike Swick, all of them. But it was also, you know, that fight. Because I you know, I will tell you, I went out through the back door real fast to get, you know, fresh air and drink some water. And I saw Lorenzo Fertitta, Frank Fertitta, Kevin Kay, Brian Diamond, who were from Spike TV, out there talking. And I went, whoops. I went back in, you know. And uh, <laughs> it was, they were that was the they were doing a deal now because Lorenzo and Frank had paid for that season and now they were discussing okay how much are we going to make what are we going to do with this and that's where it started 
moments after that fight. And so that fight mm-hmm. had a huge impact on the UFC, on the sport, everything. And, you know, he'll be part of history forever with that one. Yeah, I wouldn't even say it had a huge impact. I think it was the major. Im- it was the only impact that this sport had well, really I can't, seen. At you the can't time. say only impact. I mean, give, it was. Give me, there, give me another so many, one. Well, look okay, here. Let's let's be honest. You have November twelfth in nineteen ninety three. If you didn't have that, you don't have Stephen Bonner. Oh, John. And for, well, I'm being. Like, but got it to moments. the next level. But got it there's to the moment. next level. It did absolutely, yeah. and that's what I'm talking about. But yeah. it took a lot from, like it took a lot for Lorenzo Fertitta to take yeah. the chances that he took and to put the money in when he was yeah. look I don't care how much money you have rich people don't like to lose money <laughs> okay and he was gambling with that money and it was that fight if you're looking at it with Stefan and Forrest that put it over the top that changed yeah. that direction that's what got Lorenzo you know, if you're looking, if you're Lorenzo Fertitta, you're going, man, you guys, whatever you want, steak dinners for life, because mm-hmm. it was that fight that, you know, started putting it in that direction to where he ended up making all that money. Yep. Well, people, um, let me give you guys a perspective on this. So I'm sitting there K-side and I'm watching this fight live and I've got people that don't ever, that never watch fights that worked for ESPN at the time. They never really watched. Like if you listen to people on ESPN, they don't, they never really paid attention to MMA until ESPN, until UFC was on ESPN network. Yeah. They never cared. You listen to some of these analysts from ESPN, like they just didn't never paid attention. And they're texting me like, Hey, are you watching this fight? I'm like, and I, t- I took a picture of it. I'm like, I'm Hello. sitting cage side. I'm here. And I take it. I sent it to them. They're like, Oh my God, this is the most insane. I'm like, yeah, welcome to our sport. It <laughs> was, it. it, it really was. People at ESPN were talking about. I mean, I believe I believe it was on like the highlights of it for oh, their yeah. ESPN top yeah. ten or whatever it was. Top 10. But it was and it was being buzzed about for it, that whole evening. But then for oh. a couple days after, yeah, did you see that fight? Did you see? It was talked about, and it really did take because if you look at the rest of that card, nothing on that card lived up to what it should have been. I mean, there no. was good fights. There were some good fights, yeah, but nothing. Yeah, it was like you it, said nothing really lived up to anything not, it was it wasn't no. a bunch of good fights the, you know the, the people don't people think that that was the main event it wasn't i did no. the main event which was rich franklin against ken and shamrock ken shamrock yep you know and it was you know that was a it was an okay fight and it wasn't a bad fight but it wasn't yeah. that and and no. when you have that kind of fight you've got to have that kind of barn burner fight right after it to even yeah. come close to equaling it it's like it's tough no but it yeah. just it really gave somebody that some gave a lot of people something to talk about when it came to the sport. Yeah. And they still, people still like, Oh yeah, I remember a long time ago when I talked to people on planes that still never watched the sport. Yeah. I remember a long time ago, I watched these two guys really throw down and da 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 da. I was like, Oh, and I, you know, I start bringing up names like, you know, and the first thing they remember is, is, you know, Forrest name. They're like Forrest, 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 but Forrest won. That's why they remember yeah. But it was still a great fight. Like you said, mistakes were made on all levels. They went for the gusto, yep. spinning spinning back kicks that weren't even close to landing. <laughs> it was it was fun, but it was it was a fun fight. They did a great job. And what I loved was the reaction words afterwards. Stefan drops to his knees. Bam. Oh, face, like, forward. Oh. face forward. You know, and, and I got to be honest, the UFC did a great job in terms of right after that. You know what? They both fought their ass off. We're going to give you guys both. $100,000 contracts or six-figure contracts. That even made it even more spectacular for yep. both of them because it that made it out easy. to be this big deal, this huge deal. Yep. You know, and 
And uh, like you said, he's going to live in history in this, in the MMA sport of history forever. Yeah. But uh, it's sad that he's not going to be around uh, to be part of whatever it is, you know, uh, banquets, dinners, Hall of Fame, you know, meetings, whatever it is. It's sad that he won't be here, but um, definitely going to be missed for sure. God bless you, Stefan. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Let's, Let's get on to actual fights that are going to take place. We do have one show left here that is coming up on the 31st. We have Bellator versus Ryzen. This is a unique situation. Josh, you know it. I know it. A lot of people have not bought into it as much as you know they really should because this is special. This is a promotion versus promotion. Five of five of the guys that we say are some of our best in this weight class against five guys that you're saying are some of the best. There's a lot to lose on both sides. There really is. You got champions versus champions. That's not for their belts, but it's still a champion versus champion fight. You got guys that are champions going up against guys that are not champions in in the other uh, organization, but have been a lot of former champions here. Overall, this is a fight card that you look at it and go, I can't wait. I'm sorry. I think it's I think it's outstanding. And and if you if you get to watch, you know, a lot of these a lot of these fighters, the the mainstream fans don't know. Yeah. Especially when it comes to the rising guys. They don't know Plus, who some of the mainstream media doesn't know, John. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's true. These guys, they say they're MMA reporters, but they still I mean they've come out publicly and said, like, oh, I don't know who these guys are from Ryzen. Well, then you're not really an MMA reporter. How can you say that when they've got guys that, you know, you can match them up against guys that you do know that have fought, that they've beaten, that you you guys report on, and you go, how do you not know who they are? It's crazy. I mean, you got MMA journalists that win awards. They they don't know who these guys are. They've come out publicly and said, I don't know the other guys on on the other side, which is really sad. But the bottom line is, is that, I'm going to go, if we go through that on this list, AJ McKee's got the toughest fight on this card. No, don't get me wrong. The other guys are tough and they match up well with, with our fighters, with the Bellator guys. But AJ McKee's got his hands full. Oh, fuck yeah. This is, look at Roberto D'Souza, known as Satoshi. You know, a lot of people are going to get it. They think that his last name is Satoshi. It's not. He does speak Japanese. He's been living in Japan for a while. But Roberto D'Souza is a top level. We're talking world-class black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, a guy that has had matches with everyone. You know, if you're talking about the elite guys, the Gordon Ryans of the world, he has faced Roberto D'Souza. I mean, this guy, as far as MMA, I want to say 14 wins, one loss. His one loss was a guy named, you know, Johnny Case, who, you know, I did Johnny Case's fights in – the UFC, he's done very well over in Japan. He, uh, Roberto has come back and beat Johnny Case, submitted him fast. I think 14 wins, though, 14 submissions. Every, every one. Now, I want, I, I, maybe I'm wrong about it. Maybe it's 14 wins, 14 finishes. There may submission. be a KO in there or a TKO in there as far as he, he goes after him and uh, starts pounding on him from positions. But it's the positional dominance that he has when he gets into the mount. You watch these guys moving. They have no clue how to get him out of there. He is a stud. Ten submissions and four TKO KOs. Yep. 
Yeah, so overall, 14 wins. 14 wins, 14 finishes. Mm -hmm. What more can you ask for, Josh? No. What The way I look at him, right, is what's... I'm going to take back a little bit of history. Gilbert Melendez versus Shinya Oki. <clears throat> Gilbert had to fight him. Very smart. He had to stay. He had to stay away from the legs. He had to avoid him being outside. He had to be outside of his guard. He'd get the takedown and back away, or um, Aoki would hit to the butt and try to butt scoot towards him. All of those things because he couldn't get Gilbert down. This is going to have to be one of those stylistic fights. I, I just don't think that AJ McKee fights that way. No, he, he, he leaves openings because yeah, he, so he, he gets excited, and, and that's part of that's part of youth. Yeah. He leaves himself extended sometimes. He yep. puts himself out of position sometimes. Not sometimes quite a bit, but that's what makes him an exciting fighter. That's right. That's what makes him AJ McKee. I'm not here to, I'm not going to knock AJ. I'm simply saying I love watching him fight because the Spike Carlisle fight is what we're going to get. We're going to get that scrapper, that someone that's going to put himself in danger to I'm try to get sure. the finish. I'm you not too sure. So? Well, and, and I, I, what you're saying, I totally agree with. Mm-hmm. But I look at AJ, and there's one time, one time that I can look and say, AJ was very cautious. He was very calculated. He was very, uh, he was not the normal AJ. And it's his one loss. Mm-hmm. It was his second fight against Patricio where he didn't take those big chances. He didn't do all the things that he normally does in the fight because he looked and said, I, I need to be careful in this. And in, in some ways, I think he has to be who he is. I Like you're saying, he has to go after him with that, you know, you saw with Spike Carlisle and, and some of the things that he did. And there was, look, at he's out of position at times. He's taking big chances. He's doing these things. But that's what makes him who he is, and that's what makes him dangerous. So, yes, D'Souza can catch him and submit him. No doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. But... AJ can definitely do damage to D'Souza, and I don't know about the submission part, but he can definitely knock his ass out. Yeah, AJ can knock him out, and I think what's going to have to happen though is look. I look at this fight as like it's a it's a um, the way if you were to if anyone was to fight John Fitch, you have to fight him that way. You have to stop the takedown first, make the space, and make him pay off of making him making him uh not get the takedown because. Souza will butts not butt scoop, but he'll reshoot and reshoot. He'll shoot he and he'll try to, to work. Reshoot. His, he'll Absolutely. he'll drive you all the way to the ropes. But he goes to his he's knees able to kind of work. Yeah, he will. He'll go to his he, knees. He goes to it. Well, and you you know normally, generally, usually in wrestling, <laughs> goddamn, don't go to your you don't go to your knees because you can you can't continue to move in the same fashion mm-hmm. unless you're Jordan Burroughs. Then yeah. you can do all kinds of things. But he does hit his knees a lot, which is. It's honestly a basic no-no. You don't want to do that in that shot because it leaves you out of position, especially in Ryzen where you can be mm. kneed to the face. There's yeah. all kinds of things that you can be kicked to the face. So there are openings there that he creates with some of the things that he does, but it's a great matchup. It's making me nervous. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I it's, love it. It, it. It's making me nervous. I look at this fight, and I'm like, this is a fight that A.J. McKee, after watching the Spike Carlisle fight, going up, this is only his second fight at 155. Uh, the is not a small guy. He's no. a big guy. He's tall. Yeah. He's he's strong. Physically, he's every strong. bit. Yeah, well, AJ was big at featherweight. He's not. Yep. He's definitely not the bigger guy in this fight. No, and this is one of those fights where the grappling of of if he does go to the knees. Then you're saying D'Souza, if he does go to the knees, he can roll underneath and try to try to attack leg locks, try to get him into a scramble to get to the top position. 
AJ on bottom, sure. I think he's used to fighting in a cage where he can yeah. scoot his back to the fence and work his way up. These ropes are not the same. They're hard rubber cables, and then they've got those. They've got the Japanese uh, refs that are pushing, out there yeah. bouncing them off you, pushing you back into the inside. So one person's pushing you this way, and the other person's trying to push you the other way. And the fighters on top trying to punch you while you're trying to get these people off you. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that AJ's gonna have to deal with in this fight and the main event. So his time frame of being there, they they came in early, but his time frame of being there, he'll be able to adjust to that. But then he's still gonna be actually fighting at around five a.m. He'll be the, he's well, the main event. So well, no, no, yeah. I mean, you're saying five a.m. his normal time. Yes, five a.m. Yeah, his normal okay. time. I was gonna That's say correct. yeah, you're gonna confuse people here. No, no, no. 5 a.m. Yeah. his normal time. So this this fight to me, it look it's one of those fights where he needs to to stuff the takedown, make him pay every time he doesn't get the takedown, and then make space and get away and make him reshoot. Use his athleticism, circle, stay away. Pot shot him, and then as you start rocking him, then go ahead and get in go in for the kill. He's got to be very cautious and careful because this is a will just roll to his back and say, come on in. And then that's where he wants you to be, even if you do rock him. There's other guys from back in the day. Remember, uh, Nino Shrumbry would throw head kicks all the time because if you, if you fell down, come on in, yeah. come into my guard. You know, Talos Latis was very much like that as well. Knock me down. Damian Maya, butt scoot after you a little bit. Like these are all things that you've got to be very cautious with this level of grappling and the size being a factor, not a factor anymore. You know, normally AJ McKee's the bigger guy. Not here in this situation. Strength-wise, D'Souza is very strong as well. You can see the way he, his back and the way he grabs and sucks people in. He's got the squeeze, this to man. Me, yeah, this is a very dangerous fight for AJ McKee. When I look at the Spark Carlisle, Spark, Spike Carlisle fight, he is not anywhere near the grappler of D'Souza. And he was able to get no. to AJ's back. He was able to get to AJ in the mound or in the side control or three-quarter mound. He was able to get him in some positions that AJ's going to have a hard time getting out of and surviving against D'Souza. So this is a very, very dangerous fight. Very huh? dangerous fight for, for AJ McKee. But that's what makes it fun. Yes. And, but look, like people weren't asking. And like, I, I'm going to go back to this. I even asked him, I said, Scott, why are you doing this? <laughs> you know, I, I will look. If you Scott put it, like, is a gambler. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. No, he goes, he goes, look, my job is to promote these guys. The best I can to put them in the biggest scenarios and the biggest situations I can possibly put them in. Put them under the biggest and, spotlight. I and can. their job is to win. Yeah, that the rest right. of it's out of my control. And when you have pro, when you have promoters like that, whether it be Saki Gabara or you be uh, or whether it be Coker or who, what other promoters? That's what that's kind of what you want in your promoter. Look, I want to have the opportunity to fight in Saitama Arena in front of fifty thousand fans and. And in Japan with this huge walkout and then the whole day and the, the press leading up to it this whole week. You know, I mean, it's going to be a lot going on this week. And I've been part of it. There's going to be a lot going on. There's going to be yeah, press probably tomorrow or today or tomorrow. It's going to be all day. I mean, you're going to be out at different types of venues, shaking hands, kissing babies, all of that stuff. And then you're going to do, you know, you're going to have your weigh-in situation. You're going to have your press and your media that's going to be inward. Like you're going to, there's a lot going on. Photo ops. There's going to be a lot going on, and from you traveling, especially with AJ being the main event, he'll they'll be taking him extra spots. Oh, yeah. that are across town in traffic. Need to do media That's what over here. Do. Need yeah, to do yeah, pictures need, over here. Yeah, we're gonna need you to take a flight from here to here in 24 hours. You know, yeah, like it's, it's as much as they, they can. Yeah, they know what they're doing. So this Hell is gonna be yeah. one of those scenarios and situations. Um, I'm ex I'm encouraged. For the biggest co-promotion in MMA history to happen, I want to see exactly how this all lays out. 
But this is a big deal because it's champions versus champions, number one contenders versus number one contenders. This is a huge deal. This is a huge deal. So I'm pumped for it. I hope the fights live up to it. There's a lot of expectations on this on this uh, New Year's Eve card. But a uh, big fight for AJ McKee because this goes right into that lightweight Grand Prix that they're talking about starting oh in March or April. And AJ's already come out and said, he's like, I want to fight uh, Usman first round. Yeah. You know, um, if you don't get the win, it's going to be you hard for you to say, like, yeah, you ain't fighting the champion in the first round. I don't think that this is going to happen. So, but uh, I, 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 like I wouldn't be, I, I would not be surprised. I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if D'Souza beats AJ. He might He's be in that tournament. tournament. He might be in that tournament. Yeah. That's awesome. That is, that is <laughs> I wouldn't awesome. be surprised either. It'd be, and that would be great because, you know, like you look at the type of scenario with uh, Horiguchi and Darren Caldwell and how that all came about. And then this now how Horiguchi's now in the tournament and got knocked out. And then now you've got this. is It just makes it for more fun, man. It makes it encourages me to believe in this sport opening and opening itself to big super fights. All right, next fight. Next fight is absolutely fantastic. You're talking about the, you got to call him the pillar. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. you've done it enough. Pillar of uh, Bellator in Patricio Pitbull versus going up against Kleber Koike, who his last little name is Erbst, but he goes by Kleber Koike. Also lives in Japan, has his whole family there in Japan. Uh, is Brazilian. The guy is a submission master. He is a guy that, you know, he and D'Souza train together all the time. They have their own school there in Japan that um, is uh, got some great grapplers out of it. 27, I believe he's got 31 wins, 27 of those by submission. 27 yeah. by submission. That is not bad. And uh, But he has even said, he goes, look, he goes, I may be the champion of Ryzen, but he goes, this is the biggest fight of my life. Yeah. I have to be perfect. I can't make any mistakes. I hate when I hear a guy saying, can't make any mistakes, because you can't have that mindset. You're going to make a mistake. It's just part of fighting. Yeah. There's going to be a mistake somewhere in there. But this is a champion versus champion matchup. It doesn't get any better than this, Josh. This this fight I feel a lot more comfortable in. Uh, <laughs> well, That's because not- you're... You you love Pitbull, and I don't blame you. I do too. Well, here's the thing, though, John. I've trained, I've trained and grappled with Patricio, and it's like trying to move a fucking boulder. Yeah. His legs, his leg strength, all of those things. He is a lot stronger than people think. I thought I, I was just getting off of a fight, and uh, I was in shape, and I was training with him. And uh, Patricio had just fought, and I had rolled with him a little bit, and with Patricio, and he was coming up on a fight uh, that weekend. He was in phenomenal shape. We just did a couple of little rounds flowing. Oh, sorry, no, it wasn't him. It was uh Higo. But Patricio gave me a couple rounds, and he is a lot better on the ground than people give give him credit for. I know he's got a great arm in guillotine, he's got a good guillotine, but his wrestling pedigree after working with um Henry Cejudo. With Henry Cejudo, Angel, he's gotten yeah. so much better at Absolutely. stuffing takedowns. He's gotten so much better at getting takedowns. He's gotten better attacking the arm in guillotines and setting it up off that front headlock. He has developed into one of the greatest fighters of all time. But what I look at with Koike is that he just leaves his chin. He stands too upright. He comes in with some shots, and he's able to get hit. And that right there gives me a lot more confidence. And his takedown ability is not the greatest. No. 
He doesn't have great takedowns. He's more of like a let me well, just drop like, down and try and it, get on the leg. Yeah, if you look at him, he's a tall fighter. You know, he's coming yeah. in. He's, he's I think they list him at five eight, but he's more, he looks like more like five ten. Mm-hmm. But he fights short. He spreads his legs out a lot. He brings himself down, so he's not. He doesn't fight tall like you know he kind of looks. And you look and you go power wise. There's no doubt who has more power. He's not a guy that's a, a one-punch knockout guy. Patricio is. So how's his wrestling? Is his wrestling good enough to get Patricio down? Well, yeah, if he if he hurts him or something like that, but he's going to have to hurt him in the stand-up. Yeah. That's not going to be an easy thing for him to do. So I, I agree with you. This is, although I really enjoy watching Koike fight, his submission game is fantastic. Obviously, anybody can be submitted, you know, Patricio was submitted by AJ McKee, but he was because he was hurt with yeah. a head kick and then yeah. shots, punches. So that that kind of you know changes everything. If you're looking at straight jujitsu, I'm going to say that Clever Koike is better at straight jujitsu than Patricio, but not so much so in an MMA contest. It, the strength of Patricio, how he handles himself in given situations, and where he is dangerous. As far as his ground game, everything, in my opinion, kind of goes towards Patricio yeah. in this fight. I don't want to see um, – I get a little concerned when you have someone who has a really good arm and guillotine and they jump to it, yeah. and now they're stuck on bottom. Yeah, well, so I get a little concerned with that when you're training with someone, you're fighting somebody who is as good as uh, Clever Quick on the ground. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think if you're going to have – I think the best way for him to fight this fight, unless he knows, unless he 100% knows he's got this thing locked in. That's the only time I see but, him jump to it, though. I don't know. I've seen him jump a couple times. Really? Couple, the, yeah. Every he time I with, see he, him jump to it, he gets the damn submission. Well, I mean, in the in the second fight with, uh, with uh, AJ, he jumped to it twice, and he missed it both times. Yeah. And one of them was deep. It looked like it was deep against the fence. But then the fence come, plays a the factor. Fence, fence this a will not play. You can't extend. Yeah, this yeah. may not happen. He can sit outside the ring and still try to finish oh, it. Yeah, they're going to let can, it go on. You can go through that rope. Yeah, they're going to let it go on. So yeah. um, there's a lot of little things uh, to that I want to see. I also want to know how big the ring is. Is the ring a t- 22 or 24-foot 24 24. ring? 24. 24. So that, yeah. that's going to favor, I believe, Patricio as well. For the jiu-jitsu guys trying to get them taken down, they're going to have to drive them all the way across, and then there's really, you know, they can slide out, slide through the ropes, between the ropes, all of those things. Yeah, and just I, the, let's let's get this clear for people because when we say it's a twenty-four foot ring, that's a big, yeah, it's huge. boxing ring. Really, what you're looking at because you're talking it's twenty-four across from rope to rope, mm-hmm. and then you look at the corners. The corners are longer, so when you're looking in that direction, corner to corner, you're looking yeah. at thirty some thirty-two feet or so. Yeah, we used to have we had a twenty. I believe we had a twenty four in and in, uh, in AKA, and we would tie hand wraps across, and we'd cut it into four rings. That's how yeah. big it is. Yeah. So, um, and, and look, I look at this fight. Patricio just got to fight a smart fight. Keep his back off the the ropes. Circle uses footwork. I think if he comes out with a little bit more of that, like t- uh, Taekwondo style, the wide stance, let the hands go. I think he's got a good chance of getting him out of there. You know, just pulling the leg back every time he tries to shoot, stuffing the takedowns, getting on the front headlock. If he jumps to it, great. I mean, he knows when he's gonna, when, pretty much when he's gonna get it. Yeah. But this longer body styles, these guys that have, you know, he's a tall guy. Quick is a tall guy. He's got yeah. a good jujitsu background. 
It's a dangerous fight for Patricio. But Patricio's also, he's used to fighting guys that are always bigger than him. Always. His whole career. I mean, that's, that's all he fights is guys that are yeah. taller than him. So yeah, every time you look and you go, well, this guy's got a really good you know, reach advantage or anything like that. And then I look over and it's, oh, it's against Patricio. That, mm. He takes that away. He's very good at understanding how to make it to where that's not an advantage. The guys he's always had the hardest time with, the Daniel Strauss, the AJ McKees, the guys that were faster, Fast. guys that, yes, guys that were fast and explosive, those are the ones he always had a hard time with. Yep. Clever Clever is not, not that guy. He's not nope, fast. He's not fast. He leaves his chin up in the air. He's slow with the combinations, and he's he's very hittable. Yep. And that's not something you want to be when you're fighting Patricio. So exactly. Next fight. All right. We this is a, you know, and this is a this is a uh, trifecta if you're going to look at it because they have fought. Well, here and this is okay. Here's one of the guys. Hiramasu Ogikubo is a guy that he was in. I don't know if you recall, but he was in Tough. He was in the Ultimate Fighter show. When they did the whole 125-pound, uh, uh, it was they took champions from 16 organizations. Hmm. and Was that the those, Tim Elliott one? That Tim was Elliott. the one Tim Elliott. And in fact, God. Tim Elliott in the finals of that show, not the final final because he won. Yeah, I guess it would be the final because the final was you got to fight Demetrius Johnson. Yeah. And Tim Elliott got to fight Demetrius. His opponent, Tim Elliott's opponent, was Hiromasu. It was Hiro. Oh. And, you know, I, I remember doing those fights and Brandon Moreno was in there and everyone knew how good Hero was. This guy can wrestle his ass off. Mm -hmm. His wrestling is so freaking good and he changes freaking angles and directional changes, Josh. The guy is fucking good when it comes to that. Now, he has had two fights with Horiguchi. And I look at that, and he's got two losses. One was in Shudo, one was in Ryzen. And you look at that, and I always look, and I say, man, if you're if you're a Horiguchi, you ain't got a whole lot going for you, you know, because mm -hmm. it's not like it's like I beat you twice. This is kind of like yeah. Kayla Harrison against Pacheco. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in her fight, it's like that person's got nothing to lose in a way because you know they've already lost twice to you. And what are you winning? This is a tough fight, in my opinion, because. Ogi Kubo is that good with his wrestling. The big difference is he doesn't have one punch knockout power. Horiguchi does. And yeah, that's, here's, a, that's the big equalizer in this fight. Here's where I look at the, the issue being uh, with Horiguchi. He's coming off two losses. One, yes. of, them being a, one of them being a knockout. Yep. Your mindset is not what it was when you were beating him before. Mm -hmm. Horiguchi was like riding on cloud nine. Everyone thought he was he was the best. They all thought he was the best bantamweight in the world, you know. And then he got into the bantamweight tournament, and then he lost to Pettis. And then he got in the bantamweight tournament, just had a bad run over in Bellator. He is a dynamic fighter. He's explosive, but is his mindset where it needs to be to get another win? He should be motivated to get this win. This would be three should losses be. in a row. Three losses in a row, correct? Yeah, it would be. And that that's a big deal, John. Like anytime, like mentally as a fighter, you're you're really on yourself. Going, man, I can't afford to drop three. There's a lot on your mind. You're stressing, you're, and now you're back in Japan fighting. You're like, I can't afford to lose to this guy. I've already beat him twice. Yep. I know I'm better than him. But he's gonna have to change his mindset. That like, hey, all that stuff that happened in the tournament, or all that stuff when I fought Pettis, that shit don't matter. This is a new the new new place for me to start. For me to pick myself back up and get back on the winning track. This fight scares me too because 
like I said, I don't know where Horiguchi's mind frames at because the way he fought Patchy Mix wasn't the way he fought Sergio Pettis. No. He fought him and I know that I know they're different fighters. Yeah. You gotta fight him differently. But Horiguchi doesn't really change the style of which he fights. He jumps in big shots, lands the big shots, rocks you and maybe finishes you, or he rocks you and then moves and gets out. Creates an angle and restrikes again. Tough to take down, tough on the feet, super fast, explosive in and out. He didn't look that fast and explosive against Patchy Mix. Like he seemed hesitant to let things go after his loss that, to Pettis. That's the, I think the, there was, he was hesitant. Yeah. He was hesitant to do the same thing. And, and look, he, he knows with, you know, Ogi Kubo, he's been knocked down by Ogi Kubo before. So mm-hmm. he's taken shots that have put him on his butt. So it's not that, you know, oh, I have this, you know, I can walk through him in the stand-up. No, you, he's got to be careful with what he does. He needs to pick his spots. Well, if you listen to like what Mike Brown was saying from before, and then um, uh, uh, the owner of ATT, uh, Dan, Dan Lambert, they they no, it didn't matter who it was in the gym, all of them. But when I, I listen a little bit more when Mike Brown and and uh, Dan Lambert speak about how good Horiguchi was, they're like he's hands down the best fighter in our gym, hands yeah. down the best fighter. And then he goes out and he loses to Pettis. And then, you know, they still believe in him. You should. Yeah. And then he has a, you know, he had, he had a good performance against Mix. He just didn't get it done. This overall, I want to know where he's at now. Cause mentally, there's a lot going on in the gym. Do people start looking at you differently? Do you start feeling yourself being perceived differently? Cause you've lost two in a row. You went from everyone talking about you being the best fighter in American top team. Hello, American top team. Not, not Podunk Jim down on the corner that your buddy owns. American top team. You got. Yeah. T- Joanna in there, you got Dustin in there, you got all these top level fighters around the Johnny Eblen, you got all these top level guys that are in there. And you're like, you're the best fighter that everyone keeps talking about. How are you mentally going into this fight? That plays a huge factor. Fighting is mentally 98%, I think 95, 98% of, of fighting is mental. Where is he at mentally? Because this could be a really tough fight for him if he doesn't go in there focused and ready to go. Yeah, I agree with you. He could be at home though, John. This could be a okay, I'm back in Japan. That, I'm here. This could it, be a this I'm could back be one of those, home. you know what? I'm back I'm back where I feel comfortable. Yep. I'm back yeah. to what you know I'm used to. And so we're gonna see. And and I think you're gonna see early on in the fight because I think if you see Horiguchi actually attacking Ogi Kubo, he's he's trying to finish the fight. He's going after him. I want people to to realize the, the cage and the ring, they play a big big part of this and if you don't think they do you've got to watch you've got to watch because this is this is, it plays a big factor it's so hard when you have people pushing you back in you have it's so hard when you hit those ropes they are metal cables <coughs> they actually, not they actually give less than the cage yeah, way the less. cage flexes more yep. and has more give than those ropes and then that and then on top of it i mean i know maybe covid just ended but you're fighting in front of 50,000 people that don't make a peep until action happens. <laughs> yeah. Until someone gets in submission trouble or someone gets a takedown or someone gets rocked with a big shot. There's not much. There's not much. It's like a, you can hear a pin drop. The benefit is you can hear your corners. But for fighters that come from the U.S. or fighters that are used to fighting in a cage, the crowds are normally pretty loud. And those things really change how you fight. They, it changes the way you feel about fighting all there in that mo- in that one moment. So... This is a dangerous fight. So this is a fight that I think is more of a toss. I'd give obviously Horiguchi a 70 or 60, 40 split or 70, 30 split on him because he's already got two wins over him. But mentally, where is he at, John? Yeah, it is the question. You know? 
look, look at Patricio. I, I give him Patricio like a 80, 20, 75, 25 kind of split. If you were going to ask me who's the better fighter, it's Horiguchi. Yeah. Now, they both have great records. I'm not, you know, as far as yeah. somewhere around, you know, I think Horiguchi's close to 30 wins, what, five losses or something like that? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Ogi Kubo's very close to the same same thing. So they're both outstanding fighters. This is the one fighter, though, I'll, I'll give it. Horiguchi does not look up to. He, Ogi Kubo is, is shorter than uh, Horiguchi, so it's, he actually funny. has a, the, the guy that he can look almost eye-to-eye, even, even a little bit down with, so. That's, that's so a funny. that's a new one for him. Next. But. All right. We have Juan Archuleta, the Spaniard, a guy that was former Bellator champion in the Bantamweight, lost his title to Sergio Pettis, taking on Su Chul Kim mm-hmm. in a fight that I think this one could actually be the fight of the night. This okay. fight is interesting because Sucho Kim doesn't know how to walk, how to go backwards. He comes forward. He's got a little bit of a strange body type. Very his legs are kind of shorter. He's got a long front long torso. Yeah. But man, he comes after you. He puts pressure. Well, guess what Juan Archuleta is known for yeah. doing? He yeah. comes after you. He puts pressure. And so this is an interesting style matchup. I look at it and it's a uh, I, I do believe that Juan has the power advantage in the, in the stand-up with his hands. He's got more knockouts than Kim. But Kim is definitely, he is that tenacious, in-your-face, volume attack and just relentless. And so Juan's got to be able to, you know, stop that. He's got to be able to figure out where to get in, where to get out, how to do his damage without this guy, you know, being able to suck the life. And, and Juan's known for his cardio. But everyone, when they're put under a pressure that is not, they're not the one creating it, it can zap you. And so Juan's got to be careful of that. Yeah. I don't think Juan's going to get tired. I I don't think so either. He'll have to take some steps back and get some deep breaths and come back in. I also think that Kim comes forward, but straight forward. So much, yes. But he comes straight forward. Juan is famous for... Coming at you, meeting you in the middle with combination to the body, body, then back up to the head, and then cutting out and cutting the angle. Yep. If he does that, Kim's going to get frustrated a little bit. Juan's just got to make sure he keeps his guard up on the circling out and cutting those angles and letting his hands go. If Juan stays busy, if he's super active, the way he was fighting Rafian Stotts until he, until he got clipped, yep. if he fights him that way, I don't know if Kim gets out of the first the or first the way, the way he fought four or five Zola. minutes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he fought Barzola yeah. beautifully. You've got to fight somebody in the, in that way. Just come in, pop, 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 rip the body, let him have it. He's got to stay out of that clinch, though. Let's, let's avoid in that clinch because Kim likes to get into the clinch, trying yep. to dirty box you, knees, elbows. He tries to get in those, just kind of make it a dirty, grimy fight and slow you down. Yeah, he likes to break you down. Yeah, and Juan, Juan does a great job of tripping you, letting you back up, you know, making you feel like, yeah, I just threw you down to the ground. Now get back up. I just embarrassed you. That's a lot of what TJ does. That's a lot of what Dominic Cruz used to do. That's a lot what uh, Juan does. They have a very similar style. Like, I'm going to take you down, but I'm not going to hold you down. I'm going to land some shots. I'm going to back out. And I'm going to just let everyone know that I'm dominating you. Um, That's kind of the fight that I think that Juan needs to fight. He needs to stay composed and just let the combinations go and flow. And then don't forget about your kicks. Don't forget about your wrestling either. Put him on his back. Slow him down that way. Utilize your wrestling. You don't got to hold him down. 
but make sure that he understands I can take Just you down anytime down. I want. Yep. Because if Kim's walking straight in, which I've seen him do on several of his fights, he just walks straight in oh my tries God, to right land shots. Yep. Easy takedown, control him for a little bit, slow him down, let him th throw some big ground and pound shots, and he starts to get up, just back out, let him back up. And if he chases after you again, do it again. Make him regret it, but do it off angles without dipping your head right into a knee or something along those lines. You just got to make sure that he's cutting, and cut, cutting those angles and letting the combinations go. Yeah. He starts ripping that body. He'll change the dynamic of this fight real quick. That, that, I, exactly the way I was going to tell you is the one difference is you watch – Kim in the stand-up, he's a headhunter, and Juan is known for going to the body. He went to the body against Patchy Mix. He was going to the body against Rafael Stotts. He goes to the body very well, and he needs to go to the body early and often against Kim. Mm -hmm. Should be a good fight, though. Yep. I think because, like you said, both of these fighters have endless amounts of energy. They're going to come forward. And they don't in the get middle. tired. Yeah, it's going to come down to whoever can push each other, whoever can push the other fighter back. For them to take multiple deep breaths and they can capitalize on that. Next. Well, that's oh, the yeah. fake card. Do you guys have any closing comments? Before? No, 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 there's no, one, one more. more. There's, there's one, one more. more. There's Gazi Rabatanov against yeah. Koiji Takeda. And uh, this is actually an interesting matchup. I, you know, I really like Takeda. He's a good fighter, he's got a lot of uh, uh, good technique, he's got good stand up, he's got good wrestling. But he lives off of his wrestling, and I'm not sure that his wrestling is going to be good enough to overtake that of Rabatinov. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've trained with uh, Rabatinov. I've trained with Gatsi, and he's not a big guy. He's not tall. He's about 5'7". I don't know if he's 5'8". He's not a tall guy. He's, he's, he's Koji, though. No, but, but I saw Ryzen post a video of Koji throwing like somebody in a suplex. I said, ain't happening. Don't, that ain't happening, buddy. Yeah, I don't think so. You better be careful you don't end up on first class airlines of Dagestan <laughs> Airlines, buddy. That's what you better hope for. And what I like about uh, Gadzi is that he's not going to, he's not going to wrestle you a whole lot. He's just going to stuff your takedowns. He's going to make you pay with the camera, the combinations. Yep. He likes to be on the feet. He lets his hands go. Um, he does, he just needs to believe in him, his hands a little bit more. Like he throws them and he's got power. But just follow it up, like whether whether it's with a kick or cut an angle and then throw again, because he'll land a good shot and he'll step back and admire his work. There you go. And I want to see I want to see a follow up. I want to see a finish because he's got it in him. He sometimes will fight a little bit more of a conservative fight. So I hope to see him really push on this pace, really, really let people understand he's got great cardio. He's in phenomenal shape. I very rarely see him tired. You know, when I see him in the inside the, the wrestling room or inside inside the training room. He can spar. He spars with everybody. He can get down. So I look at this fight as that as long as he can stuff these takedowns and not avoid the wrestling, utilize his wrestling, yep. but then also let the ground and pound go, land the elbows, you know, use your wrestling, your knees. These fighters are going to have to get used to those knees on the ground. So they've got to be very cautious and careful. All the Bellator guys need to be prepared for those knees on the ground. You look at guys like DJ who had fought over a couple times already in one when he fought Marais. Got knee in the face, got knocked out. Those things can happen because you're not, you're just still not used you to put yourself in a position. Yeah, that you normally think you're safe, and all of a sudden you're not. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So it's hard when you're going from one promotion to another when there's such a big difference in rule changes. But every one of our Bellator fighters are like, shit. You give me an opportunity to kick you in the face while you're down. Yeah, I'm see, they, in. they say that, but it, yeah. and no matter what they say, and they can practice it right now. 
they're not in that same no open you know it just happening because mm-hmm. you're you're just flowing they're not they have to think about it yeah. and for them to think about it makes it slow so they're at a disadvantage when it comes to that but in this fight exactly what you're saying the one thing that that Rabotinov needs to do well two things he needs to put more pressure on Takeda in this fight but he does it. the only time Takeda is going to get a takedown on Rabotinov is if Rabotinov overextends on it puts himself out of position then I could mm-hmm. see Takeda getting the takedown other than that he's going to be working for nothing should be a good fight. Should be, I mean, look, that's going to wrap up the Ryzen talk, but that also is the main card. Uh, this, these obviously will be going on, you know, through the middle of the night, but there will be a tape delay. You guys can watch on Showtime. I believe it's going to be on, uh, Saturday night. I want to say eight o'clock Eastern. Eight o'clock Eastern on Saturday night, correct? Yeah. Yes. All right. So, uh, yeah. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Cause they're a day ahead. They're a day, day a day ahead. Uh, Eight hours behind, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that's eight hours. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but overall, good, good card. And then also too, the earlier card is stacked as well. They've been, they're still adding fights. John, yeah. they added a fight. They added like two fights the other day. I mean, <laughs> it's gonna be a long show. It's crazy. And it's if you're a, a fighter, show, yeah. and they're gonna bring you there early, good luck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. What else? Uh, hey, you got some news for us there, podcast, Dave? Yeah. Let's talk about the announcement of. Chito Vera versus Sanhagen for a fantastic fight main event. Fight main fantastic. event in Vegas on February 18th. Unfortunately, unfortunately, no. I heard I heard people saying, "Oh, that needs to be on a, you know, it's that's a tragedy or something." You know, that oh, it's not going to be in a big. I think it's awesome. They're the main event. They're the guys that all the fucking focus is on, and that is a fantastic fight. I can't wait for him. That's what I want to see. I want to see someone like Cheeto Vera against San Higgins. I don't give a shit if it's in the Apex or in fucking, you know, Wilson High School gym. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Let me see the fight. Oh, I love when the media complains about stuff, right? But they still don't know uh, fighters' names from other promotions and things like that. Um, <laughs> but, hey, you know, look, overall – this is a freaking awesome fight. Fuck, it's a and, great fight. And like I said, and like you said, I mean, it doesn't matter where you fight this fight. No. Uh, look, a crowd is not, these two fighters, they bring it no matter what. A crowd is not going to make them a better, it's not going to make them a better fight. They understand what's at stake. The winner of this is probably going to fight for the title next. Yep. And this fight right here, both of them love to stand and bang. Both of them. I think Chito both will of them probably have great che- ground. Both of them have great ground. I think Chito may even try to get a takedown here and there. I don't know if Corey will. He may threaten one, like in terms of like a trip or something like that. If he can Corey, get him. Corey will will work at taking him down. Yeah, you know, and so there there'll be a there'll be a mix up in this. And then you know the the whole thing is you know we talked about it in his last fight. Look, he's becoming he's he's a more well rounded MMA fighter as far as he brings it all into play mm-hmm. to make you realize I'll go everywhere. Yeah, there's nowhere that you can just relax and be safe. You can th- you think this is just going to be a stand up? It's not. I'm going to take you down. I'm going to put you in a bad position. I'm going to get up, and that's what he needs to do. I think that's one of the things that makes Corey Sanhagen who he is now. There's a lot of people that I've uh, come across and said that they've all trained with Corey, but it's funny that they didn't realize it was Corey until after they got pieced up by him. <laughs> <laughs> they were. They were like, yeah, this little skinny kid. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna spar with him. And he just got fucking pasty looking guy. Up. 
And then at the end, they're all talking like, oh, yeah, like, hey, what's your name? Oh, I'm Corey, Corey, uh, Corey Sanhagen. Oh, shit. I didn't know you were Corey. Like, that's the conversation. Like, man, this guy was fucking putting it on me, just like tapping me. Boom. I couldn't hit him. He was elusive. People talk about him, man. And yep. that's what's great is when people ask me, I got into it with some people on on uh, Twitter about Patchy Mix being the best grappler at 135. You guys, when people talk to me, I've known Corey Sanhagen's been fucking one of the best fighters at 135 in the world for a long time. Because I have friends at AK that have gone and trained with him. They're like, dude, this kid's another level. Like, he's at a level that, like, he's like... And, and these guys are 45-pounders that are fighting in the UFC. These guys are 45-pounders fighting in, you know, other organizations. They're like, this kid's good. He's really good. It's hard to take down. He's good on the... He's crafty, too, with his sweeps. Like, he's good. His stand-up, he's just making me miss and making me pay. Guys, we hear about it. Like, not just hear about it. I don't only just hear about it from my friends who just got beat up by him. Okay. I mean, I'm just out here to, I'm just out here trying to pump these guys the best I can with the knowledge that I have. I've heard from coaches. I've heard from managers, managers of not just their fighters, managers of the other fighter going, yeah, my guy got his <laughs> ass kicked. My guy gets his ass kicked by him. And so look, I'm not, I'm not, I, I've known the how good he is now. And now everyone knows that, that, uh, Chito trains at Ruka. Well, I've got a lot of ties at Ruka. You know, Rockhold's there. Pat Tenor is one of my good friends. You know, a lot of guys that I know out of that gym are just fantastic fighters. Um, he is, he's a workhorse. This guy never stops. All he wants to do is train. He's out there. He's working. He'll spar with Luke. He'll spar with all the other guys that are there. He's out there having fun. He loves to train. He loves fighting. This is who he is. The guys, this, this is one of those fights. If you're, if you're looking at him going, man, this guy loves to fight, and this guy is just so talented all the way around. This is going to be a clash right up from the bat, John. Like I can't wait. They're going to come out, touch gloves, and we're going to see them get after it. Oh, on yeah. the feet, on the ground, they're going to show the true mixed martial artist. Um, they're going to show what it, what it is to be a mixed martial artist in that cage. It's going to be a fucking fantastic fight. Fantastic yeah, you're, fight. You're, you're talking about they both love to fight, and that's yeah. what makes it weird. Can't wait. You know, every, I, I've heard I've heard some people talking about you know Sad Hagen said, well, you know he's not a good matchup for um, for Aljamain. Like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. Aljamain got him the first time, absolutely. Oh. Aljamain, you know, took the back, got the choke. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. But trust me, Aljamain's not fucking going. Oh, that's an easy fight for me. You know, he's <laughs> going. Eh, if I have to fight him again, okay, I will, but. You know, not not exactly what you know. I I think is fun. No. Both those guys, both of them are fantastic. They they definitely deserve to be, you know, talked about in title contention. Whoever wins that, I think, like you're saying, I think they do get a shot at the title. There's not a guy in I think in the top five. I'd say top five, six in Bellator, and same thing with the top seven or eight, whatever in in uh, in the UFC in the bantamweight division in both bantamweight divisions. They're nasty. Oh. Doesn't matter. No one that no one in any other organization is saying, "Yeah, I want to fight that guy." Yeah, yeah you want to fight him maybe because he has a title, but the rest of them are like, "Man, the guys that are not the guy that has the title is going, fuck that guy's tough. That guy's tough. That guy's tough." He's like, "Fuck it, just give me the guy that's probably the least tough. Let me get that guy." Can I? But you can't. You're gonna have to drop all the way down to like number eight or number ten or number twelve. These the bantamweight division right now is the oh, most stacked the division. Most in the sport. stacked division in the sport. In the sport, hands down. Yep. It's not even close. I can't even Killers, think of another dude. division. Give me another division that's just stacked. Oh, There's not? 
well, feather, featherweights have got some really good fighters. And they do. But the bantamweights, just a lot of people are going to say, oh, it's the yeah. lightweights. Not, no, no, not no, even sorry. Close. No. I, you know, I'm, I love the lightweight. The bantamweights right now yeah. are, they are the fucking shining class of MMA yeah. everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. No, everywhere. John, let's let's talk about this real quick. Look, there was a time in the sport when 55-pounders couldn't main event, main, like, oh, pay-per-views no. or main event anything. You yeah. couldn't main event shit. Yep. Now you've got 35-pounders main event because these guys are the best. These guys are the ones that put on the action. They're getting knockouts. They're getting submissions. They're getting takedowns. They're getting slams. They're getting, they're getting suplexes. They're, they are the true mixed martial artists right now. I always, you know me, I always touted the 55-pounders because I'm a homer. Yep. These dudes, man, they wrecking shop right now. They're making the 55-pounders look amateurish. That's, <laughs> I don't know that much, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. These guys at 135 Fucking across phenomenal. the board, across the sport, are fantastic. All yep. of them. All of them. Keep doing your, keep doing your shit, guys. Keep doing That's your it. shit. Great stuff. Next. All right. Let's hop into um, some follow-up comments here. We got uh, mm. Doug Crosby coming out and um, <laughs> kind of defending himself here. Um, he, John, do you want me just to read these comments and then you can, you can, oh, yeah, your go thoughts. Ahead. yeah, all right, all right, sure. Um, go ahead. So, here's a quote from MMA Junkie where Doug Crosby says, You've got to assign a numerical value to what you just saw, and on average, you get about 15 seconds to turn that score in. And if you write off about five of those seconds for the time it takes to write it, that leaves you about 10 seconds to make a decision about who won a round and who lost a round. Sorry, that is the stupidest fucking comment I have ever fucking heard, Josh. It, it, what he's telling you is, I sit there and I watch a fight, and then after I watch the round, I'll decide, hmm, who won? Are you fucking kidding me? Look, people, anybody out there, and you know, again, I'm going to clarify, Doug Crosby and I. Do not like each other. This is a guy that has consistently tried to fucking say stuff about me. And thank God, because I hate people like him because he's useless. Chael Sonnen puts him on his podcast because Chael's a good guy. And he's a good friend. And he put on, going to have on MMA super judge, Doug Crosby. <laughs> Chael, you have fucking jumped the shark. Okay. He does that <laughs> shit because he knows it gets under your skin when he oh, posts dude, it like I, that. Dude, super it. judge. Love it. Look, when you when you're teaching judging, the first thing you're doing is you're telling the the person sitting in that seat, every moment of the round counts. And so you are watching and judging from the very first second of that round all the way to the end and it's you can use it as you know, you try to give people different ways of breaking it down, so, you know, and some connect with one person and it doesn't connect with another, so you come up with something else that connects with them but it's like a scale and it's that sliding scale and, and guys are just they're getting little little weight pieces put on as they do better and better in the round then the, the other guy comes back and how does that even it out does it get close it could be with money it's like hey that guy's you know he's five cents up he's 10 cents up he's he's a dollar 50 up you know whatever you're going to say and th throughout the round you as a judge at any moment that that fight stops Say it stops at two minutes into the fight. Say it stops at three minutes and 50 seconds. Say it goes to the... At, right at that moment, 
You're not thinking about who won the round. You know because you've been judging it. That's what judging is. You don't sit there and after watching it all this time, now I'm going to think about it. That may be why you're giving shitty scores. Okay? But we know that you know so much about judging and everything. But obviously, you just pointed out why you're not good at this. So to sit there and to say anything about this whole thing with him is congratulations, Chael. You put your friend on there and he himself explain why he sucks at what he does. Oh, John, you only give 15 seconds and five of that is writing the score. Are you fucking kidding me? Have you lost your fucking mind? Jesus Christ. And and commissions put this guy in that seat. Shame on you. This is why commissions tell refs and judges or refs and judges not to, to shut their mouth. <laughs> it just made it worse. Jesus Christ. Um there is not a there's never a chance or never a time where you should be thinking about who won that round at the end of the fight. At the end of the round. It can be you so should've... close that you go, oh, my God, that's just that, I've got that one punch difference. Okay. Yeah, maybe. But you know as you're going. But you're right? scoring I mean, that guy all that way comp. through. You are you're, fucking this, in your mind. You're watching and you're saying this guy's ahead right now. Mm-hmm. And ha- by how much in my thing. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, something big happens. Okay, it can change it. But it's not like you sit there and you watch the round and then, oh, let me think about who won this now. I've got 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. What the other crap? The other thing, though, John, is that it's so weird that all the other judges they have the same amount of time, and they seem to get the, they seem the to get scores right. right. Yeah. They seem to get the scores right. Um, I can't even. I don't even know what to say, man. This guy's in charge of people's lives, like their livelihood. This that's what's crazy. If I'm a whatever commissioner, whether I'm whoever the commissioner is in Vegas or whoever the commissioner is, Andy Foster in, in California. I'm not using this guy for main event stuff. He's not on my main card. I can't. I can't. These guys are losing First way off, too much money. Okay. okay. Let me ask you this. So when you were fighting and you weren't the main event or you weren't on the main card, your fight didn't matter. No, it does. It oh, does, John. It guess matters what? a lot. Yeah. Guess what? Every, yeah. every fight matters. And who you I put know. in that seat, matters so you put the very best people you can put there and when someone gives a comment like that right there it's telling you you don't know what you're doing where do you put them though do you put them at the lfa do you no. put them in, no. in titan where do you no put them? no 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 where do i put them there's this <laughs> bench on his couch <laughs> i don't want his couch right you get assignments based upon performance you perform and you give the right scores you get assignments you don't and you give bad scores welcome to sitting at home douglas crosby they just up their pay-per-view cost to it's 79.99 if you want to watch <laughs> <laughs> sorry man i just i can't i can't i can't imagine my career being in the hands of that guy man you know back when i back when i was younger when i was fighting a lot of people gave cecil people's a hard time you yeah. know because he was the one kind of with with the scores that were just off they were more boxing centric more stand-up centric didn't really have a respect for the a lot of time like i will tell you that a lot of times cecil got screwed where they would 
they would read his name off as the person that was off in the fight when he wasn't. He was actually on. Oh. And they, they put it on. He, he got screwed over. But okay. it's not, not happening here with this one. I, I just look at like Doug Crosby has done something. He, he, he went to Extreme Couture. He wanted, I want to talk to the fighters. Eric Nixick, the coach there, was like, what are you talking about? Talk to the fighters. So he said, I, I want to you know, answer their questions. So they allowed him in there to, you know, if, if a fighter wanted to ask a question and then the fighter asks a question, he doesn't answer the question. He just goes off on his own tangent of what, what he's looking for. It's like, hey, I asked you a question. They walked out on him. It's like, first off, as a judge, you're not going anywhere putting yourself in a position. If they ask for you and you get it through your, you know, whoever it is that uh, is the regulatory body around where that gym's at and stuff, they say, yeah, you know, go do that. Okay. You don't just do it on your own. Who are you? I don't know. It's, it's not, it's not a good look. There's, there's, I guess uh, we're going to see how they're going to make these changes because when you have somebody like this, who's going to the gyms now and talking and coming out publicly and trying to, 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 um, talk about where he is, stands on these things, but making him more of a fool of himself. It's not a good look for any commission that uses him. And then on top of that, how do you, as a commissioner, put that person in a place to judge a fight? Because you can sit there and say whatever you want. Well, I'm not. I'm not the judge. No, if you're the one that put them in that position, you're just as at fault as the bad score because you knew. You can't sit here. You at this point, Josh, you can't sit there and go, "Oh, I had no idea. I was told he was good." Nope. Sorry. There's all the information out there now. Hey, this guy's got a problem. You know, he, Taught he you know he does things with with people he's not supposed to, all these different things are out there. Hey, yeah. you want to say that it doesn't mean anything? So when the when the bad things happen in your state, congratulations, you're the one that allowed it to happen. Yep, I get it. Next, all right, I want to wrap up on this one. Um, a more kind of comical way to close out the show. Um, oh. I know that. Well, wait, 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 wait. If we're going to wrap up on the comedy, then I want to ra- I want to talk about Johnny Eblen's fight being announced. Got it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, I think I think there has been some talk with Johnny there's Eblen and been a change. There, there's been a change. So, um, Nemkov was supposed to fight Yoel Romero, Romero, correct? Yep. Yeah, that fight I believe has fallen off the CBS card and they announced that Johnny Eblen is now fighting uh Tokov and it's only Tokov. Who was supposed to fight Gegard Mousasi for the longest time, but had visa problems yep. for almost two and a half years. Tokov is what thirty-one and two. Yeah, he's thirty-one and two. His record thirty-one and two. He's fighting undefeated uh, Johnny Eblen, who who was able to get the win over, did a very impressive win over uh, Gegard Mousasi in his last fight. So this what what's going on? Sorry, nothing's going on. on. I'm just trying to. You're right. Poster. He had an impressive yeah. fight. He won every round. Yeah. Every round went out and just freaking dominated the fight. So, yeah, that, should be a, should be a good fight. Go ahead. That's exactly what you want to see on that card. You know, you're taking a look and you've got a uh, look. Fedor's last fight. No matter what, man, it's special. If you if you yeah. understand this sport and you understand what he's he's meant to the sport, I, I even saw that um, 
you know, you've got the Ryzen versus uh, Bellator thing going on here on uh, the the New Year's Eve, you know, the 31st. Mm-hmm. But Saki Kabara, who is the, you know, the, the head man of the CEO of Ryzen, he is coming out uh, mm-hmm. to L.A. for that last fight with Fedor because yeah. Fedor meant so much to when he was, you know, running pride. Mm-hmm. And yeah. everything, and so it's a special, a special fight. But you, you take a look at that; that's an awesome matchup with him and Bader. But you want to see, you know, the the future too. And both of those guys, Tokov, and especially Johnny Eblen. Johnny Eblen's the future of the middleweight division. Johnny Eblen has come on, Josh. How many guys have you seen continuously every fucking performance? He's gotten way better. Every one, yeah. better, better, better. It's amazing. He has gotten way better. But, John, you understand this probably more than anybody. Um, it's one thing to get to the title. It's another thing to defend the title. This is true. So getting there we'll and defending it, it, it's completely different. Now you're the target. You're not the one chasing that dream. The, all the all the hard work, all that laser focus, it's finally came to a head and you won the title. Do you still have that laser focus moving forward? You're you're the target now. Everyone's laser focused on you. Do you still have it? Are you still just okay? Like, doesn't matter who's in front of me. I'm the champ. I'm defending. I'm defending. We're gonna find out. Yep. Because Anatoly Tokov is tough. He can take a shot. He can wrestle. He's He's physically strong. He's a tank. He's just got thick legs, thick back. He's got muscles on muscles. I mean, the guy is. And he's a grinder, man. He will get out there and put it, try to put it on you, press you to the fence, take you down, dominate top position, stand with you, bang with you. He will do all of those things. Yeah. So it's gonna be he'll 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 take getting hurt and come back. Yes. He does. Yep. There is no stopping that man. Who was that? Gerald Harris, right? Knocked Gerald him down. Harris had him Gerald- freaking just out. Yeah. And he came back from that. Came back and won. Crazy. <laughs> All crazy. That's gonna be a good fight, though. So that I believe that fight's taking the place of the Nemkov and Yoel Romero fight because Nemkov is dealing with a little bit of an injury. Yeah. So that fight's been pushed, but that's good because I know that we've had you've got Fedor on there with Ryan Bader for the for the heavyweight title. Then you've got the uh, and then was the uh, this is the middleweight I mean, title. So and then this is the middleweight title. So this yeah. is this is gonna be good. I wanted to see the younger guys get on there. That's what I wanted to see. I want to see the young talents get on there, and that's what I'm going to see. I'm going to see Johnny Eblen and Tokov on there, and we're going to see an action-packed fight, I think, probably with Brennan Ward and Hamasi on there, I think, to open up the card, I think, is what they're going to do. That's oh, someone's getting, getting knocked, knocked out. Someone getting knocked out. Yeah, someone getting knocked out. That was crazy. All right, let's go ahead and finish up with the with the Dylan Dennis laughs. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so the, the reason that I find that's kind of funny is because, uh, you know, Josh has this thing about – you know, when you're doing a podcast, you're telling the truth, you're speaking facts, and then, you know, you you bring on guests. There's just that little bit of conflict. So I thought that's just quite fun. It's quite a funny example of that where Ariel and Dylan had a bit of beef um, earlier this year, the start of the year. And, um, uh, you know, Ariel loves to say how he has receipts on everything. So somehow Dylan ends up on Ariel's show. Ariel says Dylan invited him on. Uh, Dylan wanted on. Dylan says Ariel invited him on, whatever it was. And then it just descends into absolute chaos. So Dylan talking about how Ariel <laughs> screwed over Ariel screwed over Dana, who looked out for him all these years. Ariel calling him a bitch, and then saying he showered three times after Dylan left the studio. Uh, so just all this chaos. You guys saw this, right? 
I did. I didn't, I didn't yeah. see it. I, didn't I see did. It. I watched it. And, and oh my god! I'm telling you, I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see it at all. I saw. I saw clips. Like people had posted like short clips. I didn't see. I don't know what you're about to show me, but I, I just saw like small clips, and I just saw the tweet by Ariel saying I had to t- I had to shower three times, and then Dylan said something else, and it, it was it was like it was like. It's like a brother and sister or two brothers arguing <laughs> via social media after the interview. It was it, it was funny it was because great. it was actually pretty civil in the way you know because you know, as soon as Dylan comes in, Ariel extends his hand, tries to shake his hand, and Dylan basically shrugs him off and says, "No, no, you know, maybe maybe afterwards." Right oh, there, man. I was like, "Okay, this is gonna be fun." You know, you know the way this is gonna go because you know it's like, hey. Shake the man's hand. He put his hand yeah. out. Shake his hand. Okay, but he doesn't. But it it goes on. I will say that one, there was a line by Ariel in this that I went. That was the best. <laughs> I'm sorry. He had all kinds of things. They went back and forth, and and Ariel was you know. I thought I I saw all kinds of things in there. Oh, ten eight for Dennis. It's like bullshit. Ariel whipped his <laughs> ass on that, and he should have. That's Ariel's. That's Ariel's. Uh. You know, format. He should have whipped Dennis's ass, but he did say something. He says, "He goes, why are you wearing sunglasses?" <laughs> right? And he goes, "What? What?" He says, he goes, "There's only two reasons to wear sunglasses." You know, in a studio, he goes, "You're either blind or you're an asshole." <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking comical, man. Dude, it was great. It was a great line. Ariel. I was like. Ariel, right. boom! There's the point. Ten eight. That's, That's a ten eight round. That's a ten eight round right there. It's like, good job, man. That was That's great. Ten eight round. That was good. okay. Go ahead. Let me hear this thing. What's going on here, Dave? Are you gonna play it? No, no, no. This is the whole interview. I'm not. I'm oh. not playing. Uh, it's the whole interview. Uh, oh, gotcha. Look, gotcha. Okay. It went. It went on for a while. I listened to it, and like I said, I thought in a lot of it they were funny and stuff. But you know, I I heard my name come up. You know multiple yeah. times in different things and stuff and because uh uh I had put out a a, a tweet because Dennis took a picture that he didn't show up for the press conference for his fight with KSI. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you know whatever he he's 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 making all kinds of statements about he's making more money than any fighter out there and all this stuff and okay, you know if you are good for you, I, you know I'm happy for you. But Josh, you know Let's be honest. I do know. I do know, John. <laughs> you I don't. Do. You don't take pictures. If you're a real fighter, you don't take pictures with other people's championship belts. If they're holding it, and you got a picture with them. That's fine. Yeah. But you don't put them on your shoulders like you're a champion. Yeah. If you're a real fighter, if fans, you're a real fans fighter, do it all fans, the time. That's fine. That's okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. Look, yeah. even as a referee or as a commentator, you know how many belts I've actually touched. Zero. zero zero it's not my that's not my that's not my place that's not my thing that's yeah. not i'm not i'm not fighting for that thing that you know that is what the champion gets to hold yeah. and there is it's almost like in hockey there's this whole thing with the stanley cup and you see how hockey players do not pick that goddamn cup up until they win it hmm. it's bad luck and it's it, it's all when i tweeted i was like Whose whose belts did you either borrow or steal? Yeah. Real fighters don't take pictures with other fighters' championship belts. Basically, something like that. 
And, you know, and he, he basically said, you know, that I, I did it to get, you know, comments and stuff. No, I'm, t I'm giving you something to fucking think about, dude. You want to say you're a fighter. You don't fucking take pictures with belts that aren't yours. Dave, I'm going to send you something. Okay. I want you to put this up. Uh oh, we're in trouble. Okay. Or <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh, Dave. No, you're not in trouble. Yeah. You're not in trouble. No, no, no. This motherfucker right here. <laughs> You just talked about the Stanley Cup. I'm talking even something a lot more prestigious than the Stanley Cup. Dave, can you put this up? Yeah, it's coming up now. Did you get it? There ain't nothing more prestigious. You can you, don't tell me that fucking World Cup is more prestigious than the Stanley <laughs> Did Cup. Did you fucking see this? No, I haven't seen you, it, so I don't know what you're You see at. this fucking clown Who job is right that here? Dude? This guy's the salt bay dude, the one that fucking did the little salt down the, the forearm thing. He's, what the fuck is that? He it's <laughs> He's the guy that has the steak restaurant or whatever it, that he goes around. He likes, like, oh, just so he's dabble a chef. salt. He's a is chef. He a chef? He's like, John, you don't yeah, know he's who like, salt he's like a, is? a steak chef. No, I don't know. I didn't know that was his name. I never knew that was his name until this is World that, Cup. Is that the dude's name, Salt Bay? Yeah, his, they just call him Salt Bay. It's like he, the way he you dabbles, this, like, John? salt I, over his forearm. I, I, the only thing I saw. <laughs> no, I've oh, Jesus. This fucking guy. <laughs> I, all the, I saw look, is I saw a thing with him and Messi where he was like trying to get Messi's attention and Messi oh, kept on the looking videos, at him like, get the fuck away from me. The video is fucking, I just, I, could, I can't believe it. He's grabbing on him, pulling on him, constantly trying to get a picture of him. And then he grabs the trophy and starts taking pictures of him and he kisses it. Dude, you're just not, you're not supposed to. Look at it right there. What oh, is this guy? He's dude. been banned. He's oh, been good. banned from the world. He's been banned from the World Cup. So like they're they're like nope you're not you can't come to the next World Cup so I'm like damn and then they're talking about there was another sport too that kicked him out I want to say cricket cricket kicked him out <laughs> they told him they're like no don't bother even coming dude you're not gonna be allowed in this guy what a fucking what is, nut wrong, what is wrong with Messi's people like, look at yeah. Messi yeah exactly and he he pulled he pulled on Messi three or four times and finally like Messi turns like look let's get this fucking thing over with. Yeah. This guy's an idiot, man. I, I mean, I would imagine he just he hurt his brand quite a bit. People are gonna be going, "Why the fuck am I going to your restaurant? You're yanking on this guy, doing all this stuff." Anyways, you talked about people not picking up and kissing the Stanley Cup. Well, this dude over here trying to pick up the World Cup, the most prestigious medal in the world. Okay, but on being <laughs> honest, in the world, in what you know, mm -hmm. do fighters pick up other fighters' championship belts and pose with them for pictures? No, I've had no. so many UFC belts in my gym, and I never did. Never yeah. did. No. Mm -mm. No, I've had like you no. Know, I got done with one of my fights. I got done with my one of my strike force fights, and I had my belt with me. And then some of my corners, who are fighters, will pick it up and take it for me because I'm going to the press. That, yeah, no, that's, that's that's different, different than you posing with it. Correct yeah. is what you're talking about. What I'm saying is you're posing for pictures with it. Yeah, you don't do that if you're gonna if you're gonna if you have you know whoever you're walking and they have a belt and you're holding their belt. Okay, that's fine. But when you're actually having people, you're putting two belts on and you're posing for a picture like you're a fucking world titleist. Sorry, dude. You've lost fucking context. John, from now on, when people fucking irritate me or when people are clout chasing, I'm just going to walk around doing this. <laughs> the salt bay. The salt, the salt bay drop. Salt, salt bay drop. The salt bay <laughs> flutter. Oh, the clout chasers. I'm going to be like, yo, Salt Bay. Salt Bay. Oh, Fuck. My wrists don't even bend like that. But I, I, I am going to say, I'm going you know, to give Ariel his props, man. Ariel, 10-8. 10-8 rounds no, all the way eight. through. Yeah, you got 10-8s. Yeah. Go, go back to Dylan. Mark. 
<laughs> God. Jo- hey, go, go. Like, does he have fake teeth now? Does Dylan Danis have fake teeth now? Real. He said they're real. They don't look real, John. Can you click on it so I Ariel can just see Ariel said something it? about that with his teeth being so white. I, I saw a clip of that, though, too. Yeah. But it, I was wondering that. And then Ariel said it like a couple weeks or a couple a couple minutes later. He said, like, hey, are those your real teeth. They, they, don't, they don't look like his real teeth. No, he, he does. But, like, he said they're his real teeth. They don't look like his real teeth, though. I mean, it looks like, I don't know. I mean, he must have got it knocked out. Like, they look fake. Anyway. Well, they can't do it. All right. Interesting, interesting stuff. All right, so let me ask you well, this: because it, yeah. when, when is that fight with KSI? It's January fourteenth. Jeez, we should do a live reaction to that. Oh, we should. <laughs> we gonna should. Get, he's gonna get knocked out. He's gonna get knocked the fuck out. I don't see how he. He's like talking about. How, I think he. Okay, but out. I don't. I don't think on. he gets to but, the fight. All right, but here's here's my. This is. I knew if we brought this up, I wanted to fucking say something about it. He made a comment. And, and and everything you have to take into context, but he made a comment saying that because of this fight that he had he paid Scott Coker some un you know r- ridiculous amount of money to let him fight, and I'm like you didn't pay Scott Coker nothing okay so that's not true. Could I could I believe that the promotion had to pay Bellator something? It's possible. I I, at, at a, as a two and zero fighter, or was it because I think it's on DAZN, and Showtime has a uh, you know that's maybe. a that's a crossing. That's, that's something different. That they, may be something different. Yeah, it's a two paid platforms. You're going from one paid platform to the next paid yes. platform. Yes. Yeah, possibly, possibly. I think if it was, couldn't be that much money. No, no. Come on. Look, this guy talks about how he's always got all this money, but the thing is, if you see him on Twitter, it's always like, hey. For the first person who follows me or the second person who retweets this or whatever it is, I'll give him five thousand dollars. Bro, you must be broke by now for how many times you how many times you tweet that shit. Oh no, no, he he brought that up. Ariel brought it up saying it's it's weak. Which it's weak, like you're saying. And he said he goes, Hey, he says, How many times have you even paid that? You haven't even paid and he goes, No, I I've paid it out. You know, he says, you know, maybe six thousand dollars total. You know, I was like well, his numbers are so off too. When he started spouting off numbers, he was like, "Yeah, I'm making like a you know, I'm making the most of any fighters ever made." And then he said, "Like, yeah, he's like, at the end of this fight, I'll make a million dollars." That's not <laughs> I the did, most I know. money. I know. I'm like, he never this. actually said how much it. I don't think. No, he didn't. No, but he yeah. he was he was insinuating that he was making more money than yeah. any. Mixed martial arts fighter, other than Israel Adesanya, Connor. any champion or Connor, mm-hmm. you know, but they're not champions. So any MMA champion, it's like, dude, sorry, dude, no. not even close. I don't know what you know about what people are making, but there's a lot of guys making a lot yeah. more than oh, I'll, I'll, I'll make a million dollars. No, yeah, and he was saying, I don't know, he had come off with some numbers too, about a hundred eight, like yeah. I've, Something about 180000 or I made this, made that. And I was like, that's not a lot of money. I mean, that's not a lot of money at all. <laughs> like when you're talking about you're supposed to be considered one of the better fighters. If you're only making one hundred eighty grand, you are not making a lot of money. He did say he's well, making more from he's social only... than he is from Bellator, though. Yes. Mm. Well, he's a two, maybe he's a 2-0 he fighter. Good. But he's, he's a 2-0. And fighter. It's like, wait. 2-0. How much do I you guess think? hand-picked opponents. Thank you. That's my whole point. It's like. Look, you get a choice. 
you will give you real opponents and give you real money or yeah. we'll help you along with your career mm-hmm. and we'll give you people that you should beat you know obviously anything can happen it's a real fight but you should be beating him. and and what side did he go towards yeah he went towards that side which in my opinion shows that he's got intelligence he's smart you know but mark my words john he ain't making to that fight <laughs> okay he ain't making it to the fight that was my question not does he win or lose no he does doesn't he, make it does he show up for the fight he takes this opportunity does he step in does he step in that ring no, he does not. I don't think he gets there. I don't think he gets there. And if he does, he gets knocked the fuck out. <laughs> I'm just speaking how I feel, man. Like, hey, you can love me or hate me for it, but I don't think he he doesn't. Have, we saw in his two MMA fights, he doesn't have he doesn't no have boxing stand-up. at all, no stand up. That, and then on top of that, why would you get away from MMA where your one advantage is grappling? Is what you're good and, at. And if you think you're going to make a ton of money, you may you may make decent amount of money, but you're not making a ton of money, not for a two and zero MMA fighter. Maybe because you're Connor's boy, you know. But I, I don't think I, I don't know if Connor going to show up to help Clout chase you. I mean, help Clout, help Clout you up. I don't know. I, I don't. I I don't know the answers to those. But what's I think I really believe he's doing this to bring a little bit more eyeballs on him. He's kind of falling off by the side. People have started just kind of bagging him all the time. Gordon Ryan talking all this trash about him and oh, he talked trash about Gordon. Yeah, I know he does, but he Gordon dishes it back out better than anybody. It's like this guy, man. Let's <laughs> be real. He's like, I'll mop this dude. He did say he What's had that? injuries. That he said that he said years. that a knee injury is what yeah. you know knocked him out, and that you know then it didn't work, and that he had to have it redone, which is very possible. Yeah, but Josh, yeah, but ta- hold, but on. Talking about, hold on, hold on. In fact, Dave, do me a favor. Pull up his fight. His last fight was in 2019. Jesus it is Christ. 2023 in a couple couple days. Yeah. True? Yeah. Okay. You're talking almost three and a half to four years since he has fought a professional fight. I you can't tell a, me that your knee injury is, you, you would be done with fighting. Yeah. I just saw, I saw, I did see a clip from the show though, where he said, where, where, uh, Ariel called him out and goes, Hey, hey, why don't you give me, like, who have you been sparring with? Who have you been training with? He had no names. Who? He says he's been training himself. Yeah. That's my other point. Ridiculous. Like, you're not, gonna, he's not making it. It's ridiculous. He's not making it to the show, John. Mark my words. He ain't, he ain't getting in that ring. Yeah. He ain't getting in that ring. Well, I look at it and it's like, Look, he's still young. He's talented when it comes to jujitsu. He is, but he took over a year from his first fight to his second fight. That's not what a young fighter does. A young fighter who is looking to become a good fighter is fighting every three months or so. You know, they're getting three to four to five fights in in that year, and then okay, you got injured. I'll 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 believe that. Not doubting it in any fashion. But you can't tell me from June 14th when that injury supposedly occurred or close to it to now the end of 2022, the beginning of 2023, you're not working towards becoming a professional fighter. You're not working towards getting better. You're working towards being a shtick. Yeah. He's done. He's done. If he does get in that, if he does get in that ring, he's getting knocked out. If he doesn't get in the ring, then I mean, he's just using this this time for more media to try to keep his name relevant. That's it. That's it, man. That's all I see. Okay. 
Do you, do you look at it as a waste of talent, though? Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't seen enough of him. I know he's got good grappling, but it's he's not got great, great grappling. grappling. John, I don't even know if it's great, John. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> MMA-wise, it's he's got really good grappling. Let's be honest. I'm not going to take anything from him. Yeah. I'm also not going to give him anything. Yeah, I'm I can not going to say that. he's great. I can see uh, that. <laughs> I'm not going to say he's great when I think I think all the time away is you're going based off of yeah yeah you're, you're you're going based off of what he was when he was younger when yeah. he was driven and motivated i'm sorry but i mean like i was a really good jujitsu guy as well i got away from it a little bit and started working more on my boxing and my stand-up and i realized that my 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 wrestling and my jiu-jitsu suffered kind of in some of my fights yeah. i saw it like it doesn't take long for you it's one of those things like math right i don't use it i've lost it's a it. perishable it's math is gone <laughs> exactly You've got to stay on top of it. And the yeah. sport is all, not just, not only does it pass you up, but it's, it's evolving passes constantly, you passes yeah. you by. It's constantly evolving. And the things that you thought were working, those things no longer work anymore because people right. have seen it for so long. That's right. He hasn't been active in the jiu jitsu world. He hasn't been active in the MMA world. And he, I mean, he couldn't even tell you who he was sparring with. He's not training. He's been out there on social media, clout chasing. He's been out there trying to just ride on people's coattails. He's been out there trying to be in the scene, getting choked out by bouncers. No. You want to tell me his jiu-jitsu is good? Bro, he got choked out by a bouncer. Yeah, but some bouncers have got good chokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sock. I'm going to jump through this thing and sock gonna, you right I'm now. I'm going to sock you in the uh, face. All right, guys. Hey, that's going to wrap up our show today. I want to thank you guys. Hey, I hope you guys all had a, ha a very, very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. However, uh, all the other whatever holiday you like, whatever holidays you guys choose you to go. celebrate. Also, good. New Year's is coming up. Please be safe. Do not drink and drive. Um, Uber, Lyft, Tesla Loop, whatever it is you guys use to get around. It's drive. Call them. It's not worth it. Please do not drink and drive on New Year's or any day period. But just simply do not take a chance. There's a lot of families out there that have lost loved ones because of this, and um, let's not let's not continue that on. But we've lost a lot of people as of lately, too, just to outside of other things. But let's not continue to add on to these things. Please do not drink and drive on New Year's. It means a lot to me and a lot of other people out there as well. So, John, take us away. For everyone out there, if you get that chance, go to the Weighing In store where you can get some of our cool swag. We've got some beautiful shirts, some hoodies, some hats. we got the whole thing going. So take a look. You'll like it. It's great quality. We hope you have a fantastic New Year's Eve, a great start to your 2023. Happy New Year's to everyone, and we will see you.